keep busting. This is episode 610 for April 2020, and you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, and I'm your host, Brad Douglas. That opening song is from Prince Bat Dance, is what it's called. No, you're not listening to a Batman podcast. It's still Spider-Man, but Batman appears in this episode of Friday Night Fights. Before we get on to the episode, I want to thank people that made episodes like this possible. They logged on to patreon.com slash crawlspace, and they signed up for some exclusive perks like getting episodes two weeks early. Uh, exclusive podcasts like Spider Satellites, etc. So thanks goes out to Robert, Alex, Frazetta Hulk, Josh, Zach, Mohammed, Laura, Noah, Frederick, Spider Menace, Venkman, Sailor, Sega, uh, Craig, Andrew, Michael, Stuart, Ricky, Thomas, Nick, hashtag something good for you, Hafskimo, Patrick, Will, Symbiobro, Dowd, Taylor, JB, Stephen, Jay, Scott, Michael, 2099, AJ, Chris, John, Bob, Datboy, Eric, and Curtis. All those folks helped made the, make this episode possible for you to listen to. So thank you to them. Also, are you a member? Well, sign up at patreon.com slash crawlspace. All right. Holy Batman. We're talking about Spider-Man and Batman in this episode. Let's get to it. Hey, Carl Spacers, welcome to our Friday Night Fights. We're actually recording this on a Friday with George. What's going on, George? Hi, everyone. We have JR. What's going on, JR? Quarantine well, with the I've wife been, again. <sighs> well, I've been trying to, uh, you know, keep my sanity. I was having a uh, Charlton Heston movie fest today. Oh. In fact, in fact, let me do let me do a Charlton Heston impersonation right here. Oh, okay, full okay. screen, yeah. All okay. right, here we go. All right, no, 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 no. Uh. <laughs> Silent greatest people. That was compelling. Oh, there we go. It was like Charles Nelson was right here on the, on the podcast. <laughs> hey, while you you're da- while you're down there, can you do a Spider-Man push-up? Well, I don't know. We need to don't don't were they didn't, there were Spider-Man exercises that I did one time, right? Yeah, yes. So, it was a Spider-Man yeah, push-up. I remember. You, I, I, was, I was in traction oh, for about a week and a half, but you know, it's <laughs> can, you, can you okay, since you're since you're doing Charlton Heston stuff, can you do the thing where like he grimaces and like the lower half of his face is just all teeth? He has the best grimace of anybody. (laughs) And we have back We have Donovan. Donovan, welcome back, man. Hello, how are you all young men doing tonight on a Friday? Yeah, young men. We're talking about 90s books and we're all over 40. (laughs) We've missed you. We've missed you. I, I miss I miss these two, and you were asking me a minute ago if I had ever been on like a Friday night fights, and no, this will be a. I was going to say virgin territory, but like I love these books, so like uh, yeah. that's the reason why I'm here. And I think, going- I think the only other person we've had on besides just to do like a, uh, like like a video fight club at least uh, was uh, was Bailey. Well, no, Bailey was that was before we did video, but Bailey, yeah. last guest we had on was Bailey talking when we did the Spider Man Superman stuff. Yeah. Well, we're doing a DC crossover with Marvel, so we had to have our Batman expert on, Donovan, to talk about Spider-Man and Batman, the team-up. George, and take me is, through it. If it's not been said, this is my favorite comic book of all the comic books. This is my favorite one that I own. This is uh, your gonna... favorite comic book of all time? Yeah, I got this when I was really young. Wow. And, um, of all my collection, this is like my most prized possession. Awesome. This is, this is Donovan's Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. 
<laughs> oh, this is my Reese's peanut butter cheesecake. Ooh, yeah. Is that wait? Is that really a thing? I don't know. It should be. That's a cheesecake factory cheesecake. Yeah. Ooh. Is it really? Ooh. Yeah, it's like two thousand calories. It's delicious. Oh God. Venkman says, <laughs> Donovan. They're they're happier back. Oh, this is DC Marvel it. fan guy. So this is perfect. Donovan talking Batman and Spider Man. That's amazing. <laughs> there you go. And spectacular. And spec and web of. All right, George. Re- let's recap. All right. So we're going to be covering uh, two books tonight. Um, the for, first one for April. We're doing this one, and then May we're doing the other one. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. So we're only doing one tonight. We're only doing one for this month. <laughs> not, not wink, wink. Uh, oh, and yeah, then, I read both of them. Okay. And then we're no, no, no. We're gonna. It, I, I chop it up in audio. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it'll be over two months. Yeah. So, so the other, the second book, the one with uh, Kingpin, that'll be next month. But meaning tonight, we, we'll do it tonight, and then <laughs> it's it's a thing. It's audio, just, audio listeners, you get it. Yeah. We record. Yeah. He's more ruining the illusion. He's I am, I am ruining the illusion. illusion. We have a lot of fun talking about like when we do Fight Club. I'm like, yeah, I haven't talked to you guys in a month. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. Anyway, so, uh, so okay, so yeah, right now we're just covering Spider Man and Batman. Yes, the Marvel edition. This is Marvel's version, right? Yes, this is the one that yeah. Marvel put out. Spider-Man is first in the title. Exactly. Uh, so this is Spider-Man and Batman from 1995 in uh, a story called Disordered Minds from J.M. DeMatteis, who wrote both of the crossovers that we'll be covering uh, over the next two months. Um, and, uh, and Mark Bagley. I was waiting for you to like interrupt and say something. Oh no, no, I, I, Mark not you, Brad. What was I doing? Nothing. You, you've like you, you've like chimed in like repeatedly. This little, like I thought you were like going to say something. I, I'm just leaving you guessing, baby. <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> so yeah, um, so this happens to be Donovan's like literally Donovan's favorite comic of all time. This this is Donovan. What is the equivalent of of? Uh, to Donovan, what uh, you know, like uh, like my favorite comic is Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number Three. Uh, this oh, is yes. Don- this is Donovan's Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number Three. This is, nice. uh, you know, this is his his thing. And and Donovan, go into a little bit of background about why you you know like why you like the story, why why it kind of imprinted upon you the way it did uh, when you were uh, how old were you when you got this actually. Oh, well, well, thanks for asking. Uh, I don't think I got it like the like the day it came out, but I was it was it would have been like, like a year or so, like around okay. when I first got into Spider Man. It was in the mid nineties, and I was in grade school, so I probably would have gotten this like when I was like seven or eight. And you know, my two favorite heroes, Batman, Spider Man. You know, it's just the hot. It's the it's the nineties, so you have like Batman the animated series and Spider Man the nineties show. So all throughout this thing, I'm hearing Kevin Connery and Christopher Daniel Barnes. Yeah. Uh, Mark Bagley is my favorite Spider-Man artist. Um, the plot is very simple. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't confused, which, cause like when I was younger, I would get confused often reading comic books. Um, and no, it's, it's, it's a personal thing. I mean, it, it's not, it's not Shakespeare. It's, it's, it's not even like, you know, uh, uh, if this be my destiny or that, but it is uh, particularly entertaining. And it has moments in here, which I, I find to be really fun. And it's just, you know, it's a totally subjective, personal, like, this is my jam kind of thing. Like, it's uh, it's one that, like, you know, I read all the time when I was a kid, kind of wore out the cover. And as an adult, every time I return to it, I travel back in time mentally and emotionally and, you know, 
it, yeah, it's, it's, it is that comic book. So. And is, now, now, that, now, that, now that I've salivated over it, you guys can feel free to wrap it. Is Spider-Man and Batman your two favorite heroes? Like, That's is right. that how they rank? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I would say that, like, Batman or Spider-Man is my my favorite hero on the day that Batman or Spider-Man is not my favorite hero. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, that's pretty much how it is for me. Like uh, my favorite superhero is Spider-Man. My second favorite is Batman. Now my second favorite Marvel superhero is Doctor Strange, but uh, or was. I mean, I haven't been able to read Doctor Strange now for a few years because Marvel doesn't really understand the character. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I totally get like like when you when you were reading this as a kid, were you like like drawing stuff at school from this? Oh yeah, no, I, I drew all the time as a kid, and I, and I when I entered college, I was an art major, and I, and I drew even more then. Uh, I don't know if I, I like traced anything from this issue. Um, I probably did that from like the '96 annual, <laughs> but like um, this would if, if I did, I would have definitely t- t- uh, traced off this, except for the cover because the cover is like that kind of like ho- not holographic, but kind of like you know, it's indented. That's um, it's not flat. Right, yeah, you can kind of feel like like the delineation of like the the musculature and stuff. One one thing that uh, that kind of struck out at me while I was reading this, and I, I this is stuff that I've thought about before, but hadn't really, you know, it's it's not stuff that I I don't write like a treatise on it or anything. I just you know stuff that's in the back of your head is that both of these uh, both these heroes start off with uh, you know their their whole career start off with someone violently dying. You know, uh, yeah, that's what that's what I always say. Like, 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 uh, whenever a lot of modern Spider-Man media has him being like this jokey guy who falls over banana peels, it's like this is a character who was kind of born in violence, yeah, and a lot of pathos. And I think that like that must never be. For, I mean, I remember Stanley. I remember hearing that Stanley fought for his origin to be intact in every incarnation after the '70s show. So like, uh, that's something that I think it's a little melodramatic, a lot melodramatic in this comic book, but that's. That's exactly right. They both suffer, like you know, the pain of loss. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, this the 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 quote unquote talky parts of this issue, uh, which we're not going to cover because we cover fights here. Uh, go into a lot of psychological stuff on Batman side, Spider Man side, uh, stuff that probably Jr. loved while he was. I don't even know if he went back and reread these issues. <laughs> no, I, I haven't. I'm kind of following along uh, with you as you narrate, kind of, you know, having having put it, having your words matched up with these pictures. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, you I, know, I, Donovan said we were going to make fun of him, you know, and I said, well, I don't think, you know, I, Donovan, we're not going to make fun of you because you like this particular issue because you're not used to, you're not using it. It's an honest love. You're not using it to justify the existence of a of an entire craven, uh, and I don't mean craven the hunter. I mean just a a, a wretched period of comic book history, like Zach does. You know, I mean, you know, Zach uses, you know, oh, I got into this, you know, and it's so, you know, he tries to play that card to justify the existence of the clone saga. So it's a very disturbed, dishonored, or a dishonorable type of like, whereas yours is yours is for the love of the hobby. And so we respect you, Donovan, unlike Zach, of course. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, there's a lot of problems with Zach, so like, you know, I appreciate that. Um, and while I was thinking about how, you know, how they kind of started off on similar paths, I mean, it's a little bit different for Batman. I mean, like Spider-Man didn't actually see his uncle get shot. Yeah. Batman, of course, watched his parents, you know, his mom and his dad get gunned down right in front of him. Uh, you know, it's a little bit, it makes you, makes you wonder sometimes like, like would, would Spider-Man be edgier if he had actually seen uncle Ben get killed? 
Has there ever been a version where he's been there? I don't. I don't think there has been. Not even like in like like the various movies. Like they've never. Mm-mm. It's no. always happened, kind of, you know, off off to the side, off panel. That would be a good what if. What if Peter witnessed the killing? That'd be a good what if story. And you know, honestly, that might be a pretty short story because, like, uh, at that, uh, you know, at that at that point, Peter ha- uh, or Peter had his powers. So, yeah. so I, I don't know that Peter doesn't kill a guy. Also, like, he would probably immediately know that that it was the guy he let go at the um, at the television studio. Oh yeah, yeah. And see, because you have to, you know, remember that time period with, with you know, like like early Spidey, proto Spidey. I mean, like he, he was a lot more hot headed than he is today. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's no telling what could happen. Anyway, well, th- there was a what if where Peter did kill the burglar, though. I mean that was uh, oh, really? in the second vo- yeah in the second volume of what if I forget I don't know that he saw it or whatever but he went after him and b- being young and not in control of his powers like you know he, he wound up killing the burglar um, and the the moral of the story was he eventually turned himself in served two years in jail and you know went off you know Aunt May came and got him and brought him his costume and he went off to be Spider Man again oh that that's a good point from Adam in the we- Mark Webb movie Peter was just down the street when Uncle Ben was shot. Yeah, but he wasn't there. He didn't actually witness it. Also, he never like they never he never knew that the guy, even though he was closer, he never knew that the guy who shot him was the guy he let go. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I like that being yeah, and the and the and the first Raimi. Oh wait, wait, we're talking about the Raimi movie or the the web the web movie. Oh, okay. I, the web movie. Talking about. I've only seen it one time, and, the, and I've largely forgotten it. The web movie. The guy ran off, and we never caught him until you played the video game. But what, which was kind of dumb, yeah. yeah. But um, Chad also raised up a good point uh, in that their their origins are similar but different. In that Batman was not responsible for his parents' death, uh, the way that uh, Peter was, you know, yeah, directly responsible true. for Uncle Ben's death. Like half the time, he blames himself for no reason. But yeah, yeah, he, he, he there was no earthly way he could have like known or predict, pred, uh, predicted that. Where usually it's, it's usually Peter, like you know, uh, being a jerk that like leads to his father figure getting murdered. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember in the comics, uh, Batman blaming himself a lot. He, re- he recalls that memory like daily, but, uh, I, I did like in the, uh, in the, the first Christopher Nolan movie and, and Batman begins, you know, before the Batman films just started to kind of do, you know, derail as they went on. Um, remember when, uh, right as like the day of the funeral and you got, uh, like, you know, Bruce Wayne upstairs, like little kid, Bruce Wayne and Alfred comes in and, and Bruce totally blames himself. He's like, I, I didn't do anything. It's all my fault. You know, well, well mm-hmm. the line that sold me on Christian Bale was when they cut back to the present and, uh, Liam is like, you know, do you still blame yourself for your parents? He's like, my anger outweighs my guilt. And I was like, that's it. That's there right there. Like, even if it make, doesn't make any sense. Like I like that, that, uh, um, expression of anger or expression of like will mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and it, it speaks a lot about batman as a character uh and and the force of will that he has but uh anyway back to the issue um well we give context around this time uh this is uh 1995 we're about halfway through the clone saga at this point i think right before spectacular is 223 is that when it was as a note there's a, there's an editor's note about Peter like you know, ah Mary Jane my wife I would never hit her while she's pregnant it's like this takes place before Spectacular Spider-Man 229 oh yeah yeah that's right yeah so he's not such a jerk in this one 
I mean, next month you will be. Yeah, Good. no doubt. Um, but yeah, Aunt May's dead at this point in time. Uh, when was that? 94? 94, 95. 94. I want to say it was 94. 94. Yeah. 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 ASM 400. Um, so yeah, that's where Spider-Man is uh, around this time in history. Um, Batman wise, I don't really. Night, so Nightfall. This would, have been, this would have been after, like, like soon after Nightfall. Like he would have just gotten through Night's End, and like Dick would have been Batman, and like it's like probably right after Zero. Yeah. So I mean, it starts off with uh, with Peter having a uh, nightmare uh, about the uh, about the burglar, um, and uh, and then you know he wakes up in the middle of night, and you know Mary Jane's there. Uh, simultaneously, over in Gotham City, Batman's having a nightmare about the uh, the night his parents got killed. Um, who, someone who's not having a nightmare over at Ravencroft is Doctor Kafka, Doctor Ashley Kafka. She's who, happy uh, she's not a man. <laughs> who's happy? Yeah, who's happy that she actually looked reasonably hot here? Uh, <laughs> not, like, Marvel has has bounced around on how Doctor Kafka has looked now so many times. Yeah. Like she's been like either a like kind of frumpy and middle aged or b stupidly hot, or c uh, a German dude, and uh, <laughs> and Spider Man Two. This is yeah. amazing Spider Man Two. Yeah, yeah. This is option B. This is uh you know probably middle aged but you know still hot. Uh, Doctor Kafka reminds me of kind of like uh, Doctor Milfi and Sopranos. What Maybe. Yeah, Dr. yeah Dr. Like Mil- Milfi? Like, Milfi is that her name? It's Melfi. Yeah, that's Melfi, not Milfi. I'm Brad sorry. Brad to call her Milfi. That's some Freudian there, Brian. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, we always learn more about Brad than we want to know during these podcasts, anyway. So, yeah, these, so these uh, always like like psychological therapy sessions. The recording. I, I will never forget Don yelling at me about uh, Black Cat in a Milk Bath. I'll never forget that episode. <laughs> Neither will I. <laughs> so, so we start, you know, that we, well, we, after the nightmare sequences, we go to Ravencroft and, and they've got carnage and some kind of stasis pod, you know, that he can't get out of, or so you think. Uh, because while Dr. Kafka and, and, and Spider-Man is there, like Spider-Man's next to Dr. Kafka because, mm-hmm. you know, he got up in the middle of the night because, you know, he, he had a nightmare. So he's like, you know what? I think I'll just swing by Ravencroft and make sure Carnage isn't murdering people or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but yeah, you know, the, Dr. Kafka and, and Carnage are having to go back and forth. Uh, and then finally, Carnage breaks free through like the the glass, I guess, of this stasis pod. And you're like, why are they keeping him in glass? Yeah, dramatic effect. It's carnage. He's got like, you know, the symbiote thing alone is is enough of a threat that like they ought to be kept in some kind of room like Hulk in the Avengers movie. <laughs> you know that little that that Hulk proof room they had. Yeah. You know, I mean, they ought to keep something in that, not like some, not like glass. Exactly. So like I'm asking for trouble. Yeah. Yeah, like a glass egg. So Spider-Man and, uh, and Carnage start fighting. Spider-Man starts it off with a really, you know, nice, nice hit across uh, Carnage's face. A couple of hits across Carnage's face. Uh, but then uh, before the fight can continue, uh, Colonel Jameson, JJ's kid, the astronaut who uh, who had a brief bout of uh, werewolfism. And uh, I, in this story, is apparently now working at Ravencroft. Did he work at Ravencroft in regular stories? Yeah. He... I believe he, did, he, yeah. he works at Ravencroft currently. 
Was he was he knocking well, boots with Dr. Kafka? Or? Like, oh yeah, he was he was doing Dr. Kafka. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense then. So uh so yeah, uh while they're fighting, uh then uh, then Moon the Moon Wolf that's not currently Moon Wolf or um uh hits him uh hits uh, uh Carnage with uh, with a microwave gun. Uh, that uh, shuts him down temporarily, uh, and and while he's on the ground, you've got security all around him. Uh, this other blonde middle-aged chick comes in. Is she from the DC universe? I was going to ask Don that. Yeah, no, she's an original character for the story. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, she comes in, and you know, says, "Well, you know, she comes on with 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 a with a cure for carnage, more or less." Uh, and and it's going to be this uh, this biotechnic sort of chip that, uh, or I think it's a chip, isn't it? No, it's like a uh, yeah, it's a small computer. It doesn't have a name. She just you know, she just says we're going to put a small computer chip into the cerebral cortex, which uh, which alters the aberrant brain waves. So they've got carnage laid out like on this weird bed, you know, that's kind of raised up. And they've got stuff pulling his eyes apart like Clockwork Orange. You know, mm. and uh, and they put in this inhibitor chip, and and Carnage passes out. Meanwhile, uh, over in Gotham, uh, Joker's wearing I don't know some kind of costume that I, Joker hasn't dressed up like that since like like the late sixties or seventies, maybe. Like Pagliacci. Yeah, like Pagliacci, the sad clown. You know, he's he's not in his usual Joker duds. Joker's here. You go. Joker's going to the opera. That's what Joker's was going to do. What, was he looking like this in the nineties? I mean, I mean, why why did Bagley oh. go with this look? <laughs> no, he just did it for the hell of it. Okay. Every now and then, Joker. Uh, I can think of instances instances in the past, not particular issues, where Joker would put on like an actual clown outfit. Some you know, kind of like this, you know, with the frill, collar, and everything, but uh, not you know, not normally. Um. But yeah, you know, Joker's loose. Batman finds him, uh, punches him out. Um, and it, it, this is this was the cool moment. Joker bites Batman on the neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, <laughs> like and, and Batman is so freaked out, right? Like, I mean, like he's fought the Joker thousands of times probably at this point. Which there you is, go. There's the bite, which isn't even realistic. But I mean, like you know, the, this is this is the guy that Batman has studied probably more than anyone else. This is the reason he does two thousand push-ups and sit-ups a day. It's not for the Penguin, <laughs> it's for the Joker's crazy ass. Yeah, <laughs> and and so yeah, he he stopped the Joker and he's closing in on the Joker and Joker bites him mm-hmm. right on the neck and Batman's freaking out. He's like, "You bit me!" <laughs> yeah, me bit you, me. You bit you me. me. Yeah, bit me, kissed me. Yeah, I, I'm sure Grant Morrison was reading this and got you know was probably like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This makes a lot of sense. He bit me. The maniac bit me. You know, so uh, so yeah, he, Joker bites Batman. Batman, you know, Joker slaps him. Pam. Yeah, yeah. Agnes says it looks like a love bite. It, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. One moment he looks like all kind of scared. Next, next minute he's biting dudes on the neck. Kinky says Jonathan. <laughs> Joker is just unpredictable that way. So they haul Joker back off to Arkham. You've got Jeremiah Arkham in there, and uh, and and Doctor Blair. You know she's there, and I think that's Doctor Kafka in the background. Yeah, Kafka's still there. Yeah, looks like it. And uh, and and so that she's like, okay, well, Doctor Kafka, basically, you know, to too long didn't read Doctor Kafka. You suck. And George, and, George your camera's out of focus. And Doctor Arkham, you suck. 
Is that better? Yep. There you go. All right. So, you know, she's like, we're going to, we're going to put my inhibitor chip uh, into the Joker since it worked on carnage. And she, she actually brings in carnage and parades him around like some kind of sad medical rag doll, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and she's like, you know, making him do stuff and, and, and Dr. Kafka, you know, obviously she, she's a little more ethical. This inhibitor um, chip reminds me of Spider-Man two with Doc Ox inhibitor chip. Remember? Notice oh, that. Yeah. Uh, notice that like, like, you know, Dr. Kafka, I mean, like the, the, Kafka and Jeremiah Arkham are both kind of, you know, hesitant about this kind of thing, you know, but, uh, but Dr. Blair is like, no, you know, this is the new hotness. We must do this with all of our insane criminals. Um, so, and, you know, why is it that they look like the same person except the one's got a bleach job? You know, it's like Bagley didn't even like you know bother to try to differentiate him. He just made one blonde yeah. and one black. Yeah, well, he has a much he has a, he has a Jim Aparo chin. He has a much longer chin. Yeah, he's got the that's a yes. He does have the Jim Aparo chin. That's a that's a good way to uh, <laughs> call that the what chin? The Jim Jim Aparo, the artist on Batman. Even I know that one, old man. <laughs> I didn't know that we had styles of chins. Is, like, is, that, is, like, is there like a Jay Leno chin too? You know, Jay Little was from a Spider-Man I, comic. I, wait a minute! I thought all the chins were in China. Oh, you know, I don't great. get it. So uh, there it is. Although technically, well, it out. <laughs> uh, you know, Joker with a long chin goes back before Aparo, though. Um, but it was, you know, it was very pronounced with Aparo. But I mean, they were still doing that. Hell, they were doing that back when they did the Batman Renaissance with like Denny O'Neill and uh, God. I, I'm blanking Neil on the Neil thank Adams. You, thank you, thank you. Yeah, they were Joker had a long chin back then too. Well, not the Joker. I mean, but like the women look the same. Doctor Kafka and the blonde oh, yeah. girl look the same. Well, I, it's it, like one of them has square glasses and the other one has round glasses, and they did. Uh, uh, the Clark Kent dork glasses. Other than that, they have different, you know, different hair, different hair color. Although I'm, I'm glad to see that uh, back in the '90s they could keep hair color straight. Something they couldn't do on Carly Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> Bring on all the classics. Just throwing uh, that out there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tim yeah, Sale they, draws a crazy Joker chin, says DC Marvel fan guy. Yeah, and 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 when Tim Sale draws Joker, his teeth are like like nine inches long. Mm-hmm. You know, like in the upper row of like literally like half the Joker's face is he's like Charlton Heston as the Joker, half the face is teeth. <laughs> Actually, with Sale, it's more like probably three fourths of the face are teeth. Man. But uh, but yeah, uh, you've got Batman and um, or not Batman, but you've got Joker, Joker and right. and Carnage standing there with uh, out in front of Arkham with uh, with Doctor Kafka. There's like a big press conference and Doctor Blair, um, and she's showing, hey, look, you know, I've basically neutered these horrible killers, uh, and, and you know, isn't that great? Uh, and they're putting them into a car to haul them away uh, when Carnage reveals, oh, hey. By the way, I'm not actually cured. I, I've been faking it this entire time. Yeah. And so suddenly you have you have Carnage. And Joker, here's the thing, though. While it didn't work with Joker, I mean, uh, Carnage, it worked with Joker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joker's legitimately, like, like changed. Jo- you know, like, Joker's, like, freaking out when Carnage appears. And he's not, like, giggling over all the, <coughs> all, all the mayhem or anything. He's, like, freaked out. He's like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Because Carnage is simply yeah. short. Out the, the chip before it could do anything. Yeah, 
Yeah, like so so Joker, so this therapy actually confirmed this therapy actually works, which makes you wonder why didn't we do this or you know why didn't 50 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that 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 is a point. Yeah, that they kind of that's a plot line that like this this story doesn't wrap up because it does work. Cuz it does work. Yeah, I mean Joker's turned into like a normal guy who's probably never going to be free again because he's I always thought that would be a good story. A good Batman story would be like what would happen if like Joker was actually like well cured. Yeah, there was an issue of I forget which comic it is, but like there's a point where like he was like just shot to pieces with a machine gun, and he was near a Lazarus pit, so he fell in Lazarus pit. And when you come out, you you typically go insane, but he actually came he actually came out sane for like an hour and oh. spent like sixty minutes just completely repentive and like regretful of all yeah. the killings he did. That was a pretty interesting story. Well, there was a I remember there was a JLA story. Uh, I think back when Morrison was writing it, and I can't. Spoiler alert, I, I can't stand Morrison. I, I, I don't like him as a writer. <laughs> uh, but he did an issue of JLA with Joker where I think it was Martian Manhunter actually like gave him a moment of clarity or something because they needed him to be sane so they could like get him to undo the thing that he'd done. And I can't remember what the exact scenario. And so like Martian Manhunter actually uses his powers to make the Joker sane for like a minute or whatever. And then Joker just breaks down. He's like, oh, my God, what have I done? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. suddenly he's like, "Oh God, oh Jesus, I'm a horrible person. What is this?" And then we gotta smack him like, "Focus, focus, focus." There's something. Going on. Yeah, so it's funny because, like, well, it's not funny. It's it's a horribly it's it's tragic that underneath the Joker's insanity, there's a normal guy. Yeah. You know. Um. Anyway, we're we're getting we're getting off base, but uh, you, you, people are like listening. To this, okay, that's great. What about the fight? How'd the fight go? <laughs> Meanwhile, back in fight <laughs> fight town. Um. But yeah, Joker or uh, Joker's freaking out while Carnage, you know, comes full symbiote um, and kidnaps, uh, kidnaps Joker and 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 Doctor Blair. Well, fortunately, they're, they're they were just starting to pull away from the press conference, and so they're they're right there. You know, the the cops are closing in with like their their high tech anti villain guns or whatever, um, and you see that one of the people standing there watching all of this is batman wearing a mask so batman is like this. is he dressed like a cop is that is that what he was there he has that? a flesh mask over his cowl mask i love when he does that he has a yeah he has, so he has like a and this this happens again in the next one but he's That's got like a, he's got like a flesh mask and he's got some kind of like it looks like he's wearing like like he's dressed like all the other cops that are there, like, yeah. you know, like all the special you know straight up Mission Impossible. Out. And then he tears the he so he tears the mask off, and then suddenly he's out of the costume. Mm-hmm. Suddenly he's not he's not even wearing the police clothes, and I'm like, well, wait he a minute, has the, the cape under it. Yeah, he, he's got like his entire thing <laughs> underneath this this cop uniform and this this yeah, there he goes. As Don called it, a flesh mask, which is very. Disturbing. I love that shit. It's so. <laughs> And, and so he tears off the mask, and then suddenly Batman's just there, and you're like, "Okay, all right, you know, Batman, sure, all right, in for a penny, you know, <laughs> you know." So. Let's go, Carnage, says Batman. So Batman, yeah, Batman's calling him out. Batman's like, you know, leave these people alone, come after me. Yeah, right. And mm-hmm. and and meanwhile, Joker's like, "Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me," which is which is very funny because you know he's wrapped up in Carnage's tentacles and everything, and he is he is legitimately freaking out. At one point, Joker even starts screaming, uh, "Don't let him get me! Don't let him get me!" Yeah, like you, you know, you have you have one of those rare moments when Batman's actually having to save the Joker's life. Uh, something he did in the Batman Punisher crossover, which was always yes. Yeah. Is that the Jeremy the Junior one you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, oh, that, yeah, was, that was another pretty one. Yeah, when when Punisher finally got Joker <laughs> alone in the alley, and he was like, "I'm just going to end this." 
<laughs> and Joker's like, oh, okay, fine, take me to jail. And he's like, no, that's not how this goes down. I'm going to shoot you in the head and kill you. <laughs> and Joker's like, oh, you're really going to do it. <laughs> yeah, and then Joker starts freaking out. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember there was an episode of the cartoon where I, which one was it? I think it was, may have, was it, was it the man who killed Batman or was it the one like when he was picking on the accountant that was Ed Begley Jr.? But there was a moment where like Joker got scared and started crying out for Batman to come save him. I think it was uh, uh, Joker's favorite with, uh, yeah, Ed Begley Jr. Ed Be- okay, so that was the episode. Yeah. I remember it was in the first season. But yeah, I like those moments when, when suddenly Joker's calling out for Batman to come save him. <laughs> and here Batman's having to save him from Carnage. Uh, and the fight with Batman and Carnage is pretty good. I mean, Carnage with the symbiote is is faster and st- way stronger than Batman. Batman doesn't yeah. care. Batman's like that. That's that's fine. You're in my city, by the way. Have I have I introduced myself? I'm Batman. I always win. So Batman, he's doing really good. He's kicking Carnage. He's punching Carnage. He's putting distance in between him and the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to keep Carnage focused on him. At one point, it gives like carnage like a like a karate chop to the throat yeah you know which i don't i don't know what that was i don't know why i had to make the motion and make the noise but he he punches <laughs> he does like a karate chop right into carnage's throat well, while, he's, he's hitting him with a karate chop in the throat and spider-man's hitting him on the spider, back of the head while spider-man comes in and hits him at the back of the head so he's getting karate chopped by batman while spider-man's hitting him in this in, in the back of the head, like rabid punching him he also made a the rush limbaugh team. joke spider-man did <laughs> as, as a seven-year-old i had no idea who rush limbaugh was <laughs> and uh, you know, I mean, I, I've got a question. You know, it kind of goes back to like Batman saving the Joker. Doesn't that illustrate that there's just something wrong with Batman? You know, that he's kind of got some weird. He can't live without the Joker or something like that. He has to have this, this, this evil or whatever to balance him or something. I mean, it, it, that just that's disturbed. I would just let him die. This is, this is what I've always thought about the relationship between Batman and Joker. And it ties back into what I was talking about, how, you know, I always wanted a story where, where Joker was cured and like how Batman would deal with that, like, like legitimately cured and how Batman would deal with that. Um, but, uh, while the Joker's origin has never been nailed down 100% in DC, uh, the, all of the variations on Joker's origin, at least the good ones anyway, um, are Batman indirectly causing the Joker? Because you know when he, when he used the Red Hood, he gets scared of Batman. What does he do? He jumps in the chemicals. So Batman and I've always said this: Batman created the Joker, and I think deep down on a level, he feels guilty about that. And that's part of the reason. Well, I mean, number one, it's Batman; he doesn't kill anybody. But I, I think that that's also part of 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 you know what kind of motivates him in this, at least subconsciously in this thing. I think he feels guilt over the Joker. Don, what do you yeah. think? I don't know if I ever like thought about that element too much that he feels guilty and like, oh, I feel bad for the Joker because I'm pretty sure that he values like all the people Joker killed over him. I think I think there's a part of Batman that blames himself for all that. Oh, can you see me? No, yeah, there you are. You know because so, um, hold, on, hold on a second. Okay, George, focus your camera too. Everybody's oh, camera. Too. There you go. Got. A call restarting. I can still see you and hear you. Yeah, we can still see you and hear you. He's doing the Kirby hand.
But that, that reminds me of like that injustice, uh, that injustice offshoot or whatever, where uh, Superman mm-hmm. accuses Batman of loving the Joker. <laughs> I thought that was kind of that's well, kind of what this reminds yeah. me of. You love him, don't you? You know. Well, Jr. So. I mean, Spider-Man should have killed Norman too, according to your logic, right? Well, no, what I'm saying here is, why does Batman keep going? Over, you know, I mean, it's like Batman saving the Joker. Spider-Man really doesn't save Norman too much. You know, I mean, uh, it's like, oh, oh God, I've got to go say, I, I know somebody's going to bring up some instances. And and I know that one time he said, well, I can't let Osborne and Kingsley kill each other. Uh, but uh, now it just, it just, it just kind of goes back to the, there's just always something, dis- there's nothing disturbing about Peter and Norman's relationship. There genuinely is something disturbing about the Batman about Batman and Joker's relationship and just talking about, you know, the, the, I mean, I, I, I'm throwing the thing out completely off tangent, I guess. Well, no, no, it just seems that there is something disturbing about the relationship that the comics have either never really captured, never dared to capture, or it's always been this subtext uh, in the, you know. I mean, if he it. kills him, the book's over. <laughs> no, we're not talking about killing him. We're not talking about killing him. It's just we're that talk, there's we're, something. We're talking about somebody letting, not, not inter- interfering when something else is threatening them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what Jared you know. Said. And whereas Batman feels he has to save the Joker, but it just goes to to me. It just goes to that there's really something disturbing about their relationship that they almost can't live without each other, more or less. Well, yeah, it's it's different than Norman and uh, and Peter because you know Peter wasn't indirectly responsible for Norman becoming the Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Well, Peter it, also has a whole code about you know no one dies, right? Like kind of the same as Batman, like. Plot. Yeah, but there, where he was like, like, but like, what I'm saying is that there's nothing weird about Peter. There's no weird except for some of these fanfic morons. You know, there's nothing weird about Peter and Norman's relationship. I mean, they they, they hate each other for very specific, defined reasons. You know, they hate thing? each other. That, you know, uh, want Peter to be a son. Peter is Nor- Peter is the son. Norman. Well, I was about to say we're getting off the topic, but I just said Batman and Joker's relationship just seems weird. It doesn't seem like typical supervillain superhero. Something seems weird about it. So anyway. I, I, again, I think it ties back into the fact that I think Batman feels guilty and responsible for the Joker even being the Joker. Uh, and, and I've talked about this before, when like a long time ago, like on the message board. Um, Remember Batman's whole stick starting out was to create this terrifying persona that would that would straight up just terrify the criminal underworld. And it worked and it worked very well. Like people started like shitting their pants every time they saw Batman or the Batman shadow on the wall. Um, It worked so well with the Joker that the petty criminal that the Joker was jumped into acid to avoid him and then went crazy. So I've always tied. I, I, I look at moments like this and I'm like, that's because Batman feels guilty and responsible about the Joker's creation. I think it's a solid headcanon. Yeah. Uh, and that's why, that's why, cause I think about it that much on that level. That's why I hated it. I hated it when we found out in the first Burton movie that the Joker was the one that killed Batman's parents. I hated that. I straight up hated that. I still do. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm, we are getting off on a tangent. But that's why, uh, Jr. to your point, that's why I, I think the way that I do. Uh, so getting back to the fight, uh, after they've after they've simultaneously uh, connected with their fist on Carnage's head, then they, they they both kick him at the same time in the head. If you're Carnage's <laughs> head, you're losing this fight really badly. You know. Good. Uh, but you know they're they're trying to to you know kind of maneuver around Carnage, and Carnage takes a moment to kill all of the cops that are coming to get him. 
you know, that were there coming to back up the, um, back up the, uh, the, the superheroes. Uh, oh, I guess he doesn't kill him. I guess, cause you, you see uh, Batman and Spider-Man, you know, pulling the tendril stuff off of him, yeah. but it, it's enough of a distraction for carnage to get away. Um, and then Batman and, and Spider-Man have their typical superhero butting heads mm-hmm. kind of thing. Marvel style. Marvel style. And I, I, I think this this straight up literally is the first time they've ever met because previously yeah. I remember when when we had uh, the second Superman uh, Spider-Man story, you had Hulk and Wonder Woman were around, too. Um, but, yeah, this is so this is the first time they've ever meeting. And, and and right off the bat, Batman's like, the hell are you doing in my town? Get out of get out of my city. Right. Batman's not very friendly to Peter. He's not very friendly. He's not very friendly uh, to Spider-Man at all. And there, there's no explanation how these two are in the same universe. It's just uh, <laughs> Spider-Man randomly knows about Gotham and the legend that is Batman. There's no, there's no this it's, is how it happened. It's just this is what it is. It's magic, Brad. They don't have to explain. Yeah, it's, there you go. Yeah. So, so their entire conversation is, is you know, Batman's standpoint of what are you doing in my town? Get out of my town. And Spider-Man saying, no, I mean, I'm here to help you. You need help, you know, and and Batman heads off saying, well, I don't want your help and then just takes off, uh, which, of course, you know, uh, Spider-Man watches him head off into the night and he's like, yeah, well, you may not want my help, but you're going to get my help, which is a very Spider-Man thing to do. Yep. Very uh, Spider-Man thing to do. Uh, meanwhile, back with Carnage and the Joker, they're holed up in some kind of I don't know what this place is. Um, it looks like a warehouse. It's not where, where they wind up later because they wind up later in like one of the Joker's old places mm-hmm. yeah. or one of the Joker stash houses. But I guess this is like a nearby warehouse. Um, and and while Joker's freaking out because at this point he's not even Joker. He's, you know, Joker or whoever the hell Joker was before he became the Joker. He's literally a normal guy. He's Joaquin Phoenix. No, he's not Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> No, Brad. <laughs> and he's like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And he's terrified of Carnage. And so Carnage uses his symbiote powers to snake a little tendril into Joker's nose and crack the inhibitor chip. And then suddenly, suddenly Joker's back. Oh, yes. You know, and uh, he's back. And, and initially, it's like it's like bread and butter. I mean, like they can't be happier than to be there with one another. Like, oh, my God, all the great things that we're going to do. And by great things, I mean, murder a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Joker's like Bugs Bunny. He is. He's a little like. He's a little like Bugs Bunny. Uh, but yeah, there. You get you get into some of the psychological stuff. This is why I don't like Carnage. Carnage. Carnage sometimes talks a lot about the madness and the chaos and everything mm-hmm. and about ups. And it's always just bored the hell out of me. Yeah. It always had. And I've always I've always considered that Carnage, or at least Cletus Cassidy, was Marvel's attempt to put a Joker into Spider-Man's universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Because they didn't want to go full crazy with uh, Eddie Eddie Brock, but it just doesn't work. I mean, yeah, he, I, I mean, uh, they've already got Norman and Doctor Octopus, who've already done stuff to people that they know. Well, Doctor Octopus more indirectly. He didn't he didn't kill Captain Stacy on purpose. That happened while just during the fight. One more time, George, focus your camera. Oh, sorry. Yeah, well, Norman was was dead. When uh, yeah. Carnage was invented, and I think one reason Carnage was invented was because they so thoroughly neutered Venom. I mean, you yes. know, Venom was a bad guy, and then they decided to turn him into this anti-hero, and so they needed Carnage. They needed something to replace him, 
And uh, but I think Larson. I think was Larson the first one to draw Cassidy. Larson no, was the first one to draw Carnage. That was Bagley. Yeah, but no, Carnage was like three. Okay, well, I'm oh, trying to think. It was oh, but Carnage. Wait, wait, wait. You're. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. He was in a prison cell for like the, the issue before, or like a few issues. I, you may be right, Jr. Yeah, he is. He yeah, is. Larson right. Cassidy, and I think Larson deliberately st- said he was deliberately a riff on the Joker that Cassidy was. Am I the only person here who likes Carnage? Oh, I kind of like Carnage. Yes. Yeah. So there you are. One point five of this of this podcast likes no, Carnage. No, it's half. Yeah, we weren't making we weren't making fun of you because you liked uh, Batman. Uh, this issue, uh, Donovan. But we're gonna if you're gonna be agreeing with Brad, we are gonna make fun. of you. <laughs> Well, no, because like, like a lot, I, I think there's a lot of like um, generational split with Spider Man fans. I think this is one of those ones where like basically if you're creating the '90s, you know, and uh, for Generation Xers, you kind of suck. Um, I mean, I get the simplicity of Carnage, but I also I, I, partly because of my age, uh, I find him to be a very entertaining villain. I'm not saying that he's complex. And I do think that, like, he's, like, he Jones, when him drawing on about, like, you know, nihilism and stuff is boring. But, like, uh, I do think he can be, like, just an entertaining antagonist that Spider-Man has to kind of outthink. Uh, I think this is one of those stories where, because James Mateus didn't like him. And I think it was a mandate that he used him in this crossover. But, like, I think that, like, he gets what's entertaining is that, like, if you just have him as a force of nature rather than a character, that's the best way to use him. And that's and, and also make the artwork good. Well, Damon uh, Taste may not like him, but he's going to do whatever Marvel you know tells him they want in there. You know, mm-hmm. It's probably Marvel and DC together decided, okay, who are we going to have in here? Sarah, and, 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 and the chat the says Carnage is her favorite. I have him on my Spider-Man tattoo sleeve, says Sarah. Oh, well, there you go. Ha-ha. Well, here's okay. I mean, so I, I I can understand the appeal of a villain like Carnage. Like it took me a while to understand Venom, but the thing I don't like about Carnage as a character is because he's so over the top. And this is the reason, the problem I have with the Joker too, in some interpretations, when they're so over the top. I mean, I you know, the hero begins to look irresponsible for either not killing him or not letting somebody else kill him. That's kind of what I have with villains that are so so twisted like Carnage and the Joker is because you understand that your hero has a moral code and you don't want your hero killing the villains. That's not what the you know, that's not what heroes do. But when the villain is so thoroughly repulsive and disgusting, I think I think it makes your hero look weaker because in your it looks like your hero doesn't have the guts to do mm. what needs to be done. But that that's a that's a different argument. That's another argument. But I, I, speaking on John or uh, Don's uh, uh, observance of, of generational differences, I, I, I for me, uh, because yeah, I mean John, Don and I are different generations. Uh, for me, it's it's not a, a generational thing so much as like in the '90s, we the writing was so poor, the writing was so bad, and a lot of times you you just had characters just became caricatures. Instead of being fleshed out characters, um, Venom started off strong, but then you know quickly devolved into the brains, brains, brains crap. Yeah. Hey Don, then, we're getting we're getting that feedback a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we're getting the we're getting the the clicking again. There you go. You may okay. So, uh, you know, you had Venom with the whole brains, brains, brains thing, and then and then Carnage comes along. And it's like, okay, how can we out Venom? Venom. Yeah. 
how can we make an even worse Venom? Okay, let's make this guy just make him way more over the and everything back then was just so written over the top and extreme and 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 it was slapdash and that's what that's why I, that's what I hate the most about the nineties was the quality of the writing. Well, Adam is requesting you do a marathon Maximum Carnage Friday Night Fight. <laughs> we we no, actually. We covered it. Okay, if you go back to the crawl space, though, over to the main site, we actually covered it back when uh, Friday Night Fight was just an article on the front page. Mm. I covered. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I covered uh, Maximum, Maximum Carnage. Carnage. Yeah, that's not uh-huh. something we're ever going to waste podcast time on. Oh my god, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, we'll waste podcast time on it for Spider during Spider History One <laughs> because it is, it is, it is just I, I, for me. I, I understand visually the appeal of it, but I mean, it's just so much of it, like, like the, the most of it, like through the middle but is just, better. it's the same thing over and over and over again in different issues. Just a big fight here, a big fight yeah. there, a big fight here, a big fight here. And then after a while, it just, it, it all runs together. And you're like, is there an actual story here? <laughs> yeah. Or are we just, also it's 14 is, parts. huh? It's also 14 parts. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, 14 parts they could have distilled it into three adam wants jr to tackle maximum garbage <laughs> so you know I, and I don't you know and i always you know i'm always pretty vocal about you know how i don't like venom and i don't like carnage that doesn't mean like i'm gonna look down on people who like those things you know i i i, I kid i give spidey dude a lot of uh a crap you know because he's a clone fan and and this that was literally the nadir or spider-man storytelling was the clone saga but you know, at the same time, if, dude, if that's what you like, if that's what floats your boat, get it. No, you know, no. yeah, I, I, I run with it. Like, uh, readers of the '80s really liking like Secret Wars, you know, like kind of being oh, true, oh, that. true. That's that inspirational, a, very true. That is a that is that is that is a guilty pleasure with Brad and I. Yes, no doubt, it is. So, yeah, it, it's all that kind of thing where like it's hyped up to be this big thing, and readers who are you know the the demographic tires like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> 10 years later, you have like Venom and Carnage and like, you know, the marketing for children. And it's like, yeah, this is awesome. I, I think it's just that kind of thing. I don't even know if they do that anymore with Marvel. Kind of like hype up things to be the thing and have that work for the for. I mean, I guess they do with some, some like hero characters. It's all Marvel is now is hype. Yeah. yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see how uh, safe space and uh, safe space and snowflake work out. Oh, yeah. on the new warriors. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Um, I'm not touching that one, but yeah, it's, it's my thing. It's not a generational thing for me. It's just the quality of the writing, uh, because you know, like when, when it comes to Spider-Man, I'm used to people like, like Roger Stern and DeFalco, you know, and, and Stan Lee before them, you know, especially there, you know, the, the Stan Lee and Romita years, you know, there was so much good stuff and the Jerry Conway years, you know, and had like Jim Mateus in the nineties too. Like he did ASM 400. He did um, a lot of stuff in the nineties and Jerry Conway on spec. Like there was, there was. I, I often defend the '90s because I think that like it's like kind of like papered over with like what is bad, and there's there's a lot bad. I, I'm fully aware of that, but like uh, I think I think it was the good stuff was great compared to like the kind of highs of the next decade. Well, we, we've talked a lot on here before about uh, during the '90s about how the better quality book was actually spectacular. For mm-hmm. a, a, there was a lot for for um, back when you had uh, um, our pal Sal drawing it you know it was like uh, during that whole period it was like it, it got to a point where typically what was going on in spectacular was better than what was going on in amazing it was more interesting during the or, clone saga i liked untold tales better than anything by busiak because it had spider-man in it not, i know not, right not a clone right it had the actual <laughs> yeah. guy jr what do you think 
about the ninety stories and and you know spectacular and everything. We know what he thinks. <laughs> I remember. I read, I, read <laughs> I, 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 you know, I. Um, it, it just depends. I, uh, I didn't think that the spectacular was that strong, particularly when Conway was writing it. Um, you know, but. Uh, uh, you know, I, I agree with the 90s, though. I mean, I think for those of us who are just older, we just remember what the 90s, you know, I think. I think the 90s, regardless. JR, you're getting some echo you're, or no, someone else is getting echo. Anyway, OK, let's get just to move on. I've had- let's get some fights, George. Yeah. OK. Well, uh, anyway, well, I mean, we're just, you know, we're just going to the issue, but Batman realizes back in the back cave that while he spurned Spider-Man's offer uh, initially that he, he probably does actually kind of need his help. And Alfred kind of helps him understand it through finger sandwiches. And Batman's a jerk to Alfred, man. He's not a jerk to Alfred. <laughs> he agrees with Alfred. Uh, quote, do you remember what I used to do with your finger sandwiches when I was a kid, Alfred? Indeed I do. I spent three days plunging that toilet. Exactly. I'll pick up something while I'm out. So Alfred made him a sandwich, and Batman's less like whatever. Butler, Batman, Batman <laughs> doesn't like finger sandwiches. Maybe that was maybe Alfred deliberately made Batman finger sandwiches, knowing that it would cause Batman to go out, stop at a Mickey D's, and then try to find. Can you imagine the Spider-Man. Batmobile going through the drive-through? I mean, seriously, wasn't there a commercial about that in Batman Forever? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, didn't they do that? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so anyway, back to the story. Um, Spider-Man actually winds up stopping a, a random mugging uh, in Gotham, uh, and Batman, you know, it, so he, he manages to web the guy up to the wall. He's going to stab this lady, um, and uh, and and you know, she's like, "Oh, thank you, Spider-Man." And then Batman's, you know, speeds up, you know, probably does a cool, you know, like drift skid thing or whatever, and uh, tells Spider-Man to get into the car and says, "Please." Mm-hmm. Actually, so you guys are like, "Oh, Batman's a jerk," and I'm like, "He has. He's. You got Batman saying please. How many times? Oh, Don, God, how many times does Batman Brad. say please? Not, huh? Not. I mean, us guys. Brad was the one dragging him, but yes. Yeah. Well, Batman <laughs> and, or uh, Brad and some of the people in chat. So yeah. So Batman goes finds uh, Spider Man is like, "Dude, get in. We need to talk." Uh, paraphrasing, of course. Uh, meanwhile, back at Joker's hideout, Joker and Carnage are hanging out, and then they start having uh, creative differences. About how all this is going to go, uh, joke or you know, Joker wants to unleash one of like a like a virus in the city, you know, and cause uh, chaos that way. Carnage is like, or we just walk out this door and just start murdering people left and right. <laughs> that too, because for me, it's the immediacy. And then Joker's like, you know, you're a decadent philistine. You don't know anything about art. Yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, and so they start fighting, and uh, and Joker manages to escape the lair. Which does it looks like some kind of abandoned apartment store or something once Joker gets outside of it. And then Joker blows the building up and thinks, okay, well, I, I've eliminated Carnage. Time to get out and, and you know do my thing with this uh, with this virus. They don't even talk about what kind of virus it is. It's just a vi- a virus. Right? And you know it's bad, I mean, because it's, it's Joker stuff, but at the same time, you don't even know what it's gonna do. Does it turn does it make people look like Joker? Does it make them violent? Does it make them laugh? What does it do? We don't know. Anyway, um, so the department store, abandoned hideout, whatever it is, blows up. Spider-Man and Joker arrive on the scene. And, and we got that cool panel of Spider-Man and, and, and Batman and the Batmobile. 
Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Just hanging out, cruising in the Batmobile, and Spider Man yeah. calls Batman Sir, which is which is a Peter Parker thing there to do because he's, he's probably looking at Batman a little bit the same way he probably looks at Captain America. Not as not as elevated, probably, but in that same kind of okay, I got to respect this guy kind of thing, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's cool to see Batman and Spider. This would have only existed in in action figures before now. No, I know, right? <laughs> right. I even had a. a DC back when they did their superpowers line. Oh, or that Batmobile is awesome. They, I had that too. They had a Batmobile and, 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 you know, cause I, I probably put a Spider-Man figure in it as something. The secret you know, wars one you did probably. Yeah. At that time. Yeah. yeah. I remember Michael Bailey got that for Christmas or something. He got it off eBay and, uh, he has it on his shelf. I, I love that Batmobile. I, I played did. with that as a kid too. I had so much fun. I mixed actually on my desk. I don't have Spider-Man with me, but I still have some of my original secret wars. Um, that I played with as a kid, and I probably put that in the Batmobile. So uh, amidst the wreckage, uh, and you've got this cool thing, you know, Spider-Man and, and Batman walking around this destroyed department store, which the fire went out pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you got, you know, Batman looking around, Spider-Man lifting, you know, rubble that weighs a couple of tons, probably, you know, getting rid of some of the debris. And they find Carnage, and they're like, oh, my God, Carnage is, you know, is Carnage dead? Um but then Carnage springs up, grabs Batman, and is holding Batman hostage. That's a good. He's got a good grab on Batman, doesn't he? He does. He does. And he's and he's going off like an insane villain, you know. Does you know he's doing his monologue. He mentions Geraldo Rivera, <laughs> you know. And uh, and Batman's, you know, he's like, you know, the the gist of it is, you know, back off, or I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill Batman. And Batman's like, he's gonna kill me either way. Get it. You know, yeah. <laughs> Batman's like, don't be a fool. He's I'm dead. Just get this guy. Right. Yeah. To which then the Joker intervenes. The Joker is like watching from like a rooftop nearby. And he's like, nope, nope, nope. Nobody gets to kill Batman except me. And you know what? I've got this virus in this uh, this musical box. I'm going to go ahead and start cranking it. Uh, and if I have to kill myself to kill Batman and all of us at the same time, whatever. That's how we all go out. You know, and um so, so he's, you know, he, he's basically calling Carnage's bluff and is daring Carnage to kill Batman. He's like, okay, if you kill Batman, then I'm just going to kill all of us, you know? And if I have to kill all of us with this box and this virus, okay, well, you know, whatever, that's how it goes. And it gives enough time for Bat. So now you have Joker saving Batman mm -hmm. and Batman uses it to kick, uh, to kick Carnage up in the face again. That's a, that's a mean looking kick. Yeah, so he kicks Carnage in the face, and then Spider-Man webs the virus box out of Joker's hand. And Joker's even like, that's hey, good aim. Like, like Joker's legitimately impressed. He's like, oh, well, it's not good bad. aim there, Spider-Man. Yeah. And then you have a really cool full-page panel of Batman and Carnage fighting. And Carnage, mm -hmm. at one point, even looks scared of Batman. He should be. You know, and this is why this is this is one of those things we go back to, you know, it's a meme, but it's a meme for a reason. Batman always wins. Batman is when it comes to like physical combat, Batman and is, is and Buziak did a good job of showing this in uh, the Avengers Justice League crossover. Batman and, and, and Captain America are like here. Right. Like physically, like like it doesn't matter how much stronger you are. It's like okay, you can be stronger than Batman. Batman's got judo; it uses your strength against you. You know, while you're you know throwing your punch, Batman is already in his head. He's already worked out what he's about to do to you in you know yeah. three moves. 
you know. So while Cassidy's nuts and he has a symbiote, he doesn't know how to fight compared to Batman. And Batman turns it against him. Batman, Batman just hammers him. And and you get this, you get this feeling from Batman because Batman's like, I, you know, I, I know this. He's he's just in on the inside. He's just a scared little boy, which is, basically is about fifty percent of any JM uh, JM Damate story. You know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but you know, I mean, he is just—he's he, like he doesn't have to hold back. Mm-hmm. You know, you get the feeling like you know the typical random thug in the alleyway doesn't get the full Batman package. Carnage is getting the full Batman package, mm-hmm. and the full Batman package is terrifying. Yeah, you know, the full yeah. Batman package is scary, right, Don? Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. He's the shit out of him. He does. I mean, like, okay, so Don is a Batman fan. You know, what what, what do you make of this page? How, how you know? Well, I I, 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 I can predict how many people are going to argue, oh, Batman's such a broken character. He can beat Carnage. That's impossible. But, like, for those who are not, are not, who have not read the comic, Carnage is completely terrified of the virus. His compass is shot. He's desperately, like, like swinging at Batman without, without real any precision, any confidence. And Batman, who's fearless, just goes at him and just and just like knocks the daylights out of him and it's uh i, I mean I, I, again like there's context for how he can beat carnage hand to hand in a fist fight but seeing it through mark Beckler's artwork is just like chef's kiss it's just like mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what i paid my money for <laughs> <laughs> basically you're out this is the money yeah. shot of the issue yeah right as, as batman just you know schooling carnage on okay that's great you have a symbiote I have a lifelong, you know, uh, study of every martial art on the planet, and and maybe some alien ones that you haven't heard of, right? Yeah. So you know, fight's over pretty quickly. Batman overwhelms Carnage. Carnage doesn't even get to really hit him. You know, Batman just schools him. Joker's running away, singing. He sees the spider signal in the alley. We have that really cool shot of the spider signal over the Joker, which is a great shot. Yeah, right there. Yeah, and Batman's like a spider signal. You know, I hope Commissioner Gordon doesn't hear about this. And then you realize another similarity. You've got the bat yeah. signal and you've got the spider signal. They do different things, <coughs> yeah. but they both have signals. Yeah. Joker turns around and starts uh, blasting at uh, Spider-Man with his little uh, gun cane or whatever the hell that is, uh, which apparently you don't want to get hit with because, like, Spider-Man dodges it and it goes past him and blows the corner off of a building, right? Uh, but Spider-Man closes in on the Joker, kicks the, the laser cane thing out of his hands, grabs him up by the collar and is like, you know, there's only way to stop a serial killer like you. It's and that's to kill you. You know, you have the one of those rare moments when Spider-Man's finally just flipped his lid and he's like, that's mm-hmm. it. I'm but, you know, there you, you go, have JR. The, yeah, there you go, JR. <laughs> you have these moments. Spider-Man goes to these moments a lot where like he he has flipped his lid and he's like, I'm going to kill you. But he always pulls himself back. The one time he probably wouldn't have pulled himself back if if he hadn't gotten his way was with Kingpin after uh, Aunt May. Um, when when he told him, "I'm I, I am gonna come, I'm just gonna come kill you if you if you don't stop now." Remember back in back in black. Yeah, that was great. Um, and so Joker's daring him. He's like, you know what? That'd be hysterical. A goody two shoes like you you killing me. Come on, I dare you. Kill me. Double down. Do it. And so Spider-Man talks himself back down off the ledge, and then uh, and then Joker's about to try to run away, and Spider-Man taps him on the shoulder, and then hits him real hard across the face and just knocks him out. It's a great panel. 
or or does or is or is really the Joker just masterfully playing Spider Man? You know, because Spider Man has him at his mercy, and uh, the the Joker just you know. Uh, you know, knows that if he throws the whole goody two shoes thing back in Spider-Man's face, he's going to cause Spider-Man to like take a moment. And so he tries to use that moment then to unleash his virus. So, I mean, I don't see it as Spider-Man coming back from the edge. I see it as the Joker's just playing him, uh, you well, know, to survive. Spider-Man does talk himself out of it. He's like, dear God, what am I doing? You know, I mean, yeah. he talks himself, but, but you're, you're right in that Joker's instigating it. This is a Joker stick. Joker does the same thing with like Superman. You know, he's like, what are you going to do? Hit me? You're going to break my neck. You know, mm -hmm. ha ha. I'm going to kill everyone of the daily uh, planet now. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's what makes him, it what makes him it's what makes him such a good villain, an aggravating villain for some heroes to have to deal with. Um, but yeah, he knocks Joker out, Batman, Spider-Man, um, instead of just walking over to one another, since they're both, you know, at street level, they decide instead to meet at the top of a tower for reasons. Yeah, well, I say for reasons so that we can have that cool splash page at the end. Yeah, uh, with the two of them, but they they wind up shaking hands. You know, Batman yeah. and Batman's the first to do it. Batman's the first jerk. Batman, uh, as Brad would yeah. call him in this story, uh, is the first one to to offer to shake Spider Man's hand, and uh, and we have the handshake and uh, story over. You know, look at this got beautiful that. one page spread. Wow, it is beautiful. Look at That's, that. Look at that. That's uh, really strong it. Bagley art. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, you know, we we give the decision clearly. Clearly, Spider-Man and Batman win here. Although next month we may have a different decision. Next month the decision may be a little different. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens next what month. What a tease! Any final thoughts on this one, George? Um, I always, you know, I'm always down in the '90s again. Uh, for me, the writing style is just horrible through most of the 90s um in the 90s you had a lot of people trying to be dark and edgy and try to ape uh you know frank miller or uh or uh alan moore with with without an ounce of either one of those you know writer skill um and 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 a a sea of subpar storytelling this rises above it because a it's fun b yeah. the fights were fantastic and c it's got batman and spider-man and Mark Bagley art, and and Mark Bagley art. It's just, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a, out of the nineties. This is this is one of the more impressive, uh, one of the more impressive issues, and I understand why this is Donovan's favorite cop. Jr. Final thoughts on this one? It's good for what it is. Yeah, you know, I mean, I it's one of those things where you know it kind of reminds me of the uh, Batman, uh, Batman, Spider Man, Superman uh, team up in the seventies. You know, I mean, it was good right. for what it was. Uh, you know, you, you'd like a real story to be a multi-parter where like maybe the two interact in their civilian identities and things like that. But, you know, this was a one shot and it was, it was good for what it was. Yeah. Donovan, your favorite comic, final thoughts. Uh, again, like, you know, two favorite heroes, my favorite Spider-Man artist, uh, one of my favorite Spider-Man writers, um, the most obvious villains to pit them against and to team up. I like how Batman and Spider-Man don't get along at the beginning while Carnage and Joker do, and that splits by the end. Um, I particularly think the Joker and Carnage dynamic is actually really quite insightful and, and entertaining. Um, but no, yeah, it, 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 it's short, sweet, simple, but it's it's sublime. So uh, if you've not read this, you, you owe it to yourself to read it and check it out. No doubt. It is, it's a lot of fun. I, 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 Donovan, I hope we did this issue justice for you. At least for, as far as oh, the yeah, fights no, go. I, I was... I was I was happy that like uh, I wasn't gonna put up with any like this sucks and this is why, but I'm glad that everyone seemed to. Oh enjoy no! It. <laughs> no 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 no! 
no, this was, uh, th- again, this is one of the better things to come out of the 90s, I think. Yeah. Or at least at least one of the funner things to come out of the 90s. No I, will, I will say one of these things, that, I will say one of the things I did like about it is that neither hero had to be, um, sac- the, the integrity of neither hero had to be sacrificed to make the story work. You know, That's because true. sometimes... You know, when you have this or whatever, you know, the writer either has a preference for somebody or the writer's trying to make a point or whatever. Dance lot. lot. (laughs) (laughs) But both both heroes are completely in character and uh, both maintain their their integrity. Do you guys like it? Do you like the fact that they they didn't explain how these two came together? It's just Gotham City exists where Spider-Man does. It's the only way to have time. It's the the only way to do it. Yeah. yeah, you don't have, I mean, if it was a, like I said, miniseries, that'd be one thing, but you don't have time a one for that. shot. It's yeah. a Batman and Spider Man story. They can't, they can't talk about, well, if they're in the same universe, what does that mean for Atlantis? And you know, because you have, you have Aquaman, you have Namor. What, what's going yeah. on? You, you don't have time. You have to tell a story. With two, it's, it's just a money grab, people. you know. So I mean, yeah, don't th- don't you know? It's one of those things. Don't think too hard to enjoy it. And for- fortunately, unlike other money grab grabs, there's nothing offensive about this. One. Like I said, there's there's nothing bad. <laughs> if yeah. memory serves, they didn't explain how Superman and Spider-Man got together either. They didn't. They didn't. They yeah, were just. They, they were just here. There they are. Yeah. yeah you, don't, you don't. You don't need to. I mean, there's sometimes. Sometimes you just let. You just have to let the fantasy play out. I mean. You know, it, it's it's it is. It's just comics. You know, it's comics. Enjoy it. You know, Don. What were you going to say? You were starting to say something. Well, I, there was a, a lot of these crossovers in the nineties. Because um, there's there are a couple of collections like the DC Marvel crossovers in the nineties. You had like, I think Superman the Fantastic Four. You had uh, Batman the Punisher, Green Lantern, the Silver Green Lantern, Surfer. Silver Surfer. And to my knowledge, I don't remember them ever explaining. Like, yeah, even like the like, like the fifties, like. Or 40s Captain America and Batman. Like, I don't know if they've ever explained like, 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 like the universes or whatever. The only time they, I think they ever did that was JLA Avengers, and I think that's actually continuity. Well, that's a wrap on that episode. I hope you liked it. Uh, one more time before we wrap it all up, I want to remind you about uh, Patreon.com/crawlspace. Log on there to get exclusive thank you content, which uh, one of them is the Spire Satellites, where we review all the books that aren't amazing on that episode. That's a thank you to people that help support this podcast on our website each and every month through Patreon. There's also several other podcasts that are up there that are fun to listen to uh, that I think you'll get a kick out of. But again, it's patreon.com slash crawlspace for exclusive content and also support things you like, like this podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody.